Richard, I want to give up on being a Christian. It's just too hard. I don't want to keep having to try to say no to temptation. I haven't got any strength left to keep going. It wasn't the only term, uh, time that I'd heard words like that, but I remember it clearly because it was someone who was older than me, experienced as a Christian, involved in leading in church and teaching Bible studies. We went out for breakfast to have a serious conversation. I cannot remember what we ate. Richard, I want to give up. It's just too hard. Today we come to the end of our studies in Hebrews 11. And the message for us really is the memory verse which um, we memorized, or many of us memorized, over the last few weeks. Run with perseverance. Whatever happens, don't stop running until you reach the goal. There may be some people here this evening who feel like giving up. There may be some people here this evening who just feel like stepping back, slowing down. And I want to say that if that's you, you're welcome. This passage is speaking to your situation. When everything that you can see, all that your body feels, screams out, this believing in Jesus stuff is not worth it. We look at the people in this chapter, we look at Jesus, and we find encouragement. We see people who are in just that kind of situation, And in spite of what they saw and felt, they kept going. We walk by faith and not by sight. So whatever happens, don't stop running until you reach the goal. That's the message. For some of you here this evening, maybe God wants you to lay down baggage that's slowing you down, that's making it hard to run the race. Some of you, might just be kind of listening in from the outside. You're you're not yet running the race. That is, you wouldn't say that you have faith in the God of the Bible. Well, I'd love you to consider this talk as an invitation to join in. Whatever happens, don't stop running until you reach the goal. And this passage has three things to say to us to help us keep going. First, look back and be inspired. Second, lighten your load. And third, look to Jesus. Those three things. So first, if you look down at your Bibles in chapter 11 and verses 32 to 40, we're told to look back and be inspired. Have a look down at verse 32. I'll read it again. And what more shall I say? I don't have time to tell about Gideon, Barak, Samson and Jephthah about David and Samuel and the prophets who through faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice and gained what was promised. Like a roll call of people who overcame in the Old Testament. Look back and be inspired. By this point in the chapter, we've had about 30 verses of people who witnessed to, literally witnessed to faith in the God of the Bible. Last week, if you were here, it was Moses showing us that Choosing to be part of God's story looks costly and even crazy. Verse 33, the prophet Daniel, who shut the mouths of lions. 
who kept praying and reading his Bible every day, even when that was illegal. As an old man, costly and crazy, thrown to the lions, but protected. Women in verse 35, when their sons died, no pulse, no hope. Crazy to think that anyone could help. But because of faith in the God of the Bible, they came straight to the man of God of Israel and received back their sons from death. Do you feel like you have no hope? Look back and be inspired. But not just inspired by the happy endings. Do you see verse 35? Halfway through verse 35, we meet people who didn't have a miraculous rescue. Let me read it. Women received back their dead, raised to life again. There were others who were tortured, refusing to be released so they might gain an even better resurrection. That phrase, refusing to be released, likely refers to a man called Eliezer in the second century BC. He was a 19-year-old man, 90-year-old man, and he was tortured to death, even though he was given a chance to go free if he denied his God. And there are millions of others like him in the history of the church. No miraculous escape, no rescue for the people in verses 36 to 38. Jeers, flogging, chains, imprisonment, ill-treated, persecuted. And verse 38, the world was not worthy of them. They wandered in deserts and mountains, living in caves and holes in the ground. But they could see something their persecutors couldn't see. They walked by faith and not by sight. Look back and be inspired by them. Last week, the UK hosted an international conference on freedom of religion and belief. In advance of that, a convention was held to highlight the rise of global persecution against Christians, which apparently has reached, and I quote, genocidal proportions. For the one in seven Christians who experience severe discrimination or persecution daily, yes, daily, they can look back and be inspired by those who walked by faith and not by sight. But for most of us here, these verses work a little differently. We look back and are inspired, aren't we? To give up a desire for an easy life. To give up a desire for a risk-free life. And instead inspired to keep living all for Jesus. We're inspired by the people in the past because we're looking forward to the same thing they did. Verse 39. Have a look down at verse 39. These were all commended for their faith. Yet none of them received what had been promised, since God had planned something better for us, so that only together with us would they be 
made perfect. Or some of them very received very specific promises like victory in battle. The women received back their dead sons, but none of them received being made perfect. Maybe you're thinking, actually, Richard, I'd be quite happy with a few miracles in my life. Supernatural protection, that would come in quite handy. But that's where we need to learn from these witnesses in Hebrews chapter 11. They and we walk by faith and not by sight, looking forward to that being made perfect. If you were here in the first week of the series, you might remember Ollie's apple. He was talking about life in London being so all-consuming sometimes. It's just taking up all of our vision. But it's quite small, really. Take that apple away. But then imagine peeling back everything about reality that we can see physically, leaving the real things that we can't see. Go on, peel the visible back. What would we see? We'd see the living creator God as real, dependable. We'd see as surely as we know about the existence of love and justice that we've heard the voice of this God. We can trust his promises. The mighty God and judge who is eternal. He's unchanging, unlike everything that we can physically see, which will one day crumble and burn. And this God will one day punish all injustice and selfishness and destroy all impurity. Gazing on history, we'd see the Lord Jesus Christ, whose death alone can purify from all wrong. If we see all those things, what could come close to the promise of being made perfect? That's the capital P, promise. Those who keep running the race of faith will one day be perfect people in a perfect world, in a perfect relationship with a perfect God forever. Look back and be inspired to keep going no matter what. And if I can apply this in one simple way, it's this. Read biographies of Christians who've shown that same inspiring faith. This is a great one I read recently, Neither Bomb Nor Bullet by Ben Kwashi of Nigeria. How do you keep going when your house is bombed and all your possessions are lost? How do you keep going when, on the other end of your phone, your family is being brutally attacked and you're thousands of miles away in London? It's the same faith that is commended in Hebrews chapter 11. Maybe after the service you can share about biographies that have inspired you. Keep running until you reach the goal. Look back and be inspired. Secondly, chapter 12, verse 1. Here it tells us to lighten our load. 
Let's um, read it out again. Just verse 1 together. It's the first of our memory verses. Um, Hebrews 12, chapter 1, together. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Thank you. Lighten your load. The people who first received this letter needed encouragement to do that, to keep running despite opposition from society. And we're, as Christians in 21st century Britain, in a similar situation. It's a big shock to many of us to discover that being a Christian, having Christian faith in 21st century Britain, is not seen as a good thing. It's not even seen as neutral. To many parts of society, it stinks. Richard, you don't think the Bible is really true? All that stuff about outdated morality, about judgment? Isn't it so easy to fall into the sin of unfaithfulness, pretending that we don't actually believe the things that we really do believe, or changing what we believe to make it more acceptable. If we think about the people in chapter 11, what would have made it harder for them to keep running? What did they need to throw off to be able to keep running and reach the goal? I guess they needed to throw off at least these three things. Desire for self-preservation. Preoccupation with this world. And concern about their own reputation. And this verse says to all of us, lighten your load if you want to run the race. So how about desire for self-preservation? Are you ready to throw it off? I know someone at church who um, an offer of a job was withdrawn because they liked some gospel preaching on Facebook and their employers didn't like that. But what if if, uh, telling the truth about what you believe will land you with a fine? What if your love speech is said to be hate speech? Losing your job, maybe, even prison. It certainly was a danger for the original readers of this letter and for many millions of Christians around the world. It was a danger for Christians in this country in the past, John Bunyan, many others, and maybe again in the future. Throw off desire for self-preservation. It'll make it harder to run. And throw off preoccupation with this world. I have to put my hand up and say, this is a danger for me. I can spend ages trying to plan the perfect summer holiday for my family. I can easily cross the line from taking good care of my home to making my home my joy and hope. If your hobbies or leisure time is making it harder for you to Commit to church. If you frequently need to work late so you can't make your life group, maybe you need to join a different life group. Maybe you need to change your routine, even find a different job. If your social life is keeping you from the Bible, keeping you from investing in church, or your love life, or your family life, something needs to change. Throw off preoccupation with this world. 
Because you can. You get to run this race as a Christian. If you're not a Christian, join in. It's a glorious race towards perfection. Why would you carry extra weight? And throw off concern about your own reputation. We've got to throw off concern about our own reputation. Otherwise, it will drag us back. God knows the worst about each and every one of us in this room. No one could possibly think worse of you than the reality of our natural state. But Jesus calls us brothers and sisters. We have such value and honor in him that's invisible to the world. Throw off your concern about reputation. Lighten your load. Desire for self-preservation, preoccupation with this world, concern for your own reputation. Lighten your load. Can I ask you to put your hand up if you have run a full marathon? You've run a full marathon. A few, a few hands going up, some humble hands going up very quickly and then going down again. Um, you notice I didn't put my hand up. Can you imagine trying to run a full marathon um, in a heavy winter dressing gown? Or how about with a rucksack that has a tent and a cooking stove and sleeping bag in? Throw off all of these things if you want to run the race as a Christian. Let's lighten our load because finishing the race is everything. Look back and be inspired. Lighten your load. And finally, look to Jesus in verses 2 and 3. Look to Jesus. Verse 2, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. Look to Jesus. Fixing our eyes on Jesus is how we keep running the race to the end. I hated running races at school. Any of you the same? Um, But I was really competitive. I, I wanted to do well. I remember a teacher saying that in order to run as fast as you can, look at an object in the distance beyond where you're racing to and focus your eyes on that. In other words, don't look at the other runners. Turn your eyes towards the goal. And the word fix here has that meaning. Turning away from other things to Jesus. Look to Jesus. See him. In the same way that we know about important things in life, we see that someone cares for us. We see that some things are worth dying for. In the same way, we can see Jesus. Last week, we read how Moses saw him who is invisible, the invisible creator God. We can see Jesus who is there at the right hand of God, temporarily invisible to physical sight. We can see him. We can look to him. He's the pioneer of faith. Now, pioneer is a strange word to use because chronologically, he comes after all the others in chapter 11, but he's like the faith champion, the ultimate witness to faith. In the past, Faith was demonstrated by many people in Bible history. Now, 
faith has been perfectly demonstrated by God's Son. So look to Jesus, and especially look to the way he endured the cross for me and for you. Reading from halfway through verse 2. For the joy, for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners that you will not grow weary and lose heart. What we need to do is see our weariness next to the weariness of Jesus as he went to the cross. As you struggle with temptation to give church a miss because it's been a grueling week and you'd rather numb yourself with TV than get out the door, look to Jesus bearing the weight of your sin and mine, not grudgingly, but joyfully, and keep running. Turn off the TV and get to church. As you feel like toning down your faith and blending in, Avoiding the body blows that might come. See Jesus who faced up to undeserved violence and even the judgment of God as he bore our sin in his body. He didn't shrink back from that. Look to him and be strengthened for whatever comes. A friend of mine shared that whenever someone turned down an invitation he gave them to a Bible study at uni or um gave a cold response to questions of faith. It hurt. He felt like giving up. But then he remembered about Jesus, what Jesus suffered for him, how his suffering was no big deal in comparison. He looked to Jesus, and that helped him to keep going. Jesus didn't endure the cross out of mere duty. He did it willingly for the joy of giving you and me perfection. When and where do you need to look to Jesus? Where do you need help to endure? At home? At the office? With family? With friends? Verse 3 tells us to consider him. When I'm weary, if I feel like distancing myself from living as a Christian, look to him, how he lived, what he endured, what he did for you and me. Look to Jesus. Well, where does all of this leave you personally this evening? The friend I mentioned at the beginning of the talk, he kept running the race. He's still running. Let's look back and be inspired. Do you need to stop ambling in your Christian life and start to run? Do you need to ask others to pray for you to keep going? Maybe after the service, you can share about some struggle you're facing. And let's lighten our load. You can let go of worry about self-preservation. You can lay down preoccupation with the world. You can cast off concern for your own reputation. And let's look to Jesus. Take strength from how he endured the cross for you, for us.